You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition for the episodes Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt, the Crankster Cranky. Hey, Mike and Star Wars fans, good to be back. Clone Wars SE, we're plugging along, Mike, well, geez, we're, we're going to be half, uh, actually we're, what, three quarters of the way done already, so we're getting close to the... Uh, yeah. To the end here, yeah. Yeah, well, and now, I only have one question though. Um, yeah, I was wondering if you had maybe a um, hundred million or a couple hundred million I could borrow because I'm thinking I want to redo this. Uh, I think I want to make the Last Jedi again. I was wondering if I could borrow some money. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let me just <laughs> let me just see if I can move some things around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, man, the ongoing saga, huh? Um, wow. Yeah. You know what's funny is yeah. I, I actually what I hopefully. Not hopefully. It's just kind of funny because, like, I'm, like, curious. Like, yeah, yeah I'd want to see this. One, for just how bad of a train wreck would it be? Or, I, who knows? Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's great. But the problem is it's never going to happen. Lucasfilm is never going to do something like that. It would never no. be canon even if somebody did it. It's just kind of it's kind of funny how they talk about redoing this stuff. And, like, do you have any idea what it takes to – to make a movie and what are you going to use just any actors you're going to get the the original actors to come back and do it all over yeah. again it's just it's kind of comical i don't know i, I noticed uh, i thought you you actually um made a comment about this too didn't you yeah. or, i don't know if i was what, what's your uh what's your thoughts and it's pretty funny though. uh yeah i mean i i want these guys these men i assume it's mostly men to uh go ahead and and make <laughs> yeah. this because yeah, I want to see yeah. <clears throat> I want to see what they think a good movie is. I also want them to experience how difficult it is. Not like I'm not uh, I've never been a, a, a Hollywood filmmaker, but I did go to two years of film school and I did determine myself that that was not the kind of life that I wanted to live. And that's why I decided to become a graphic designer instead. Right. Like I, 
I, I, you know, lived a very uh, uh, small in scale version of of that Hollywood filmmaking process, and I did not like it um, because it's it requires a lot of uh, uh, strange hours, you know, uh, working uh, a sixteen hour day, or you know, um, and it just was not for me, uh, and. And I think that a lot of people really take it for granted uh, how hard the people who are making these movies really work. Um, Mm -hmm. And beyond just how hard the work is, how much coordination, organization, and, uh, and, and operational excellence it takes to make a movie like The Last Jedi. One of my favorite things about the documentary, the, the, the director and the Jedi is showing just how nuts the timeline yeah. is. And if we miss a shot on this day, it's going to set us back a day for the next six weeks. And we're going to have to figure out where to make up that time, hopefully, because we've only got this location for this many hours and we've got to get in and get out and do our thing. Right. So um, the making movies is an incredible feat. The fact that a movie comes out as good as The Last Jedi or Solo or The Force Awakens or even Rogue One is a miracle to begin with, that you can get all of those people to cooperate, all of those people to work towards the same goal. We're talking about hundreds of people, hundreds of people that it takes to do this, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, And... First and foremost, you have to have somebody at the helm of that operation who knows what they're doing, who uh, is good at their job and is going to execute. And this project will not have that. Um, and, and I can say that with a certainty because the quote underneath the, the reply underneath the tweet that gets quote tweeted around is uh, is is the the same account saying we're going to do our best to take in all of the fan input and write a movie that is as close to what everybody wants as possible. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say no we know you can't please everyone. No, that movie pleases nobody. I guarantee it. Cuz I know what the opening shot of that movie is. The opening shot of that movie is I Han Solo getting stabbed with the lightsaber and then falling. And then you, then, then you track on Han Solo as he pulls out his blaster and a cable comes out of it and he shoots off to the side. And then he puts a back to bandage on the front and on the back. (laughs) And he goes, Oh, that was a close one. And then, uh, and then runs away and gets in a tie fighter and flies away. And that's Mm -hmm. the opening of that movie. Uh, because the people, because that's what like the, I guarantee you, there's there's a hundred people out there that want to see that, that are upset that Han Solo is dead, and then you know you get the Star Wars, I uh, I whatever blah 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 you know, uh, and then the next shot is Luke Skywalker riding on a really awesome robot dragon, 
uh, and he's just got his green lightsaber out, and then he has also got his blue lightsaber, even though that doesn't make any sense. And Ray is riding her own dragon, and she's turned her staff into a double-bladed purple lightsaber, and they're just fighting other dragons. <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones a little bit. Yeah, like that's these are the sorts of things that fanfics are made of, and um. I'm not saying that all fanfic is terrible. I think that there's some people out there who actually write some really good stuff, but, and, and I know that there's a little bit of an art form to it, but you want to talk about, uh, Ray becoming a Mary Sue or Luke being a Mary Sue or Han or whatever. I mean, like, come on, what are you going to do? You're going to have a CG princess Leia. Is that your plan? What's your plan? Like, what's your game plan for the fact that Carrie Fisher is no longer with us? What's your game plan, guys? Honestly, yeah, you have to like, totally recast like everything, yeah. reply to at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, or at Rebels Podcast, and let me know, what's your plan for Princess Leia? What, are you going to have Natalie Portman come in and put some old age makeup on her? Is that your plan? That's actually not I'll have Billy plan. Lord come in. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, just... The fact that it's getting as much oxygen as it is is probably a, a bad thing, and we probably shouldn't talk about it yeah. so much. But it's just <laughs> so funny, yeah. ludicrous. Um, the My other instinct is that it's actually terrible that we are talking about it because there's a real possibility that the people, I, I, some of the people behind this are, let's say... That that they that maybe they're a little bit I don't I don't know how I want to put this but like they that they're not they haven't really thought this through they haven't they they have a very naive or childish understanding of how movies are made or what it takes and uh, and they don't they truly truly don't understand what it is they're asking for um, and uh, and and even if they did they wouldn't know what to do if they got what they're asking for, they just wouldn't know what to do. I guarantee you 100% give them the money. Someone give them the money. Right. I mean, I, I, James Gunn replied, I'll give you guys a hundred million (laughs) dollars to make a completely original story. Like, go do it. Like, if you guys think that you can do this, here's a hundred million dollars. Go, go. I'll like, I'll green light that. Right, yeah. he can do that. He's produced movies. I mean, like uh, I the, the Belko experiment. He produced that movie. His his company produced that. Like like and and I don't know how much money they spent on it, but but um, and I don't know if that number that I said a hundred million. I don't know if that was accurate, but I know that he did reply and say like I'll give you guys money to go make something else to make something other than Star Wars. Um, and I believe him because James Gunn is that kind of a guy. I mean, like he is, he believes in film that much that he would say to these guys, look, I'll take a shot. Either you're going to go out and you're going to make something worthwhile or you're going to learn the error of your ways. Either way, it's, it's, it's a, it's a win, right? Because either it's going to be a complete train wreck and they figure out like, oh, this is not as easy as we thought, or you make something decent and there's another piece of art in the world. So, you know, like never, I would never want to discourage an artist, but I do think that if you want to talk about a specific art form, like a Hollywood blockbuster, you got to work within those confines, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and 
to say that you're out there looking for uh, uh, support and you're looking for backers and um, and releases from Lucasfilm and Disney and you don't even have a script, like, come on. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you clearly yeah. don't know the first thing about this. You clearly don't know, like, page one of what it takes to make a movie and the legalities and the copyrights and, and all that sort of thing. If you want to tell, retell the story of the last Jedi as your own version, go right ahead. I mean, like I've taken several opportunities over the last 10 years to talk on this podcast at length about how I would have done the prequels differently. Um, right. So, like, if you think that you can tell that story in a better way, there's a there's a forum for that. There's an avenue. There's a place to have that discussion, and there's a proper way to have that discussion. And I'm all for it. I love hearing alternate takes. I mean, my favorite Star Wars comics are the Star Wars Infinities comics. And right. uh, if you've got an alternate take on The Last Jedi that that fixes it in your eyes awesome i want to hear all about it i want to hear every single story beat but trust me when i say i'm not gonna pull punches if i don't like it right like i'm gonna tell you if i think that that is a bad idea or i disagree with it like it's that's that's the way this is gonna work so go ahead put your ideas out there but when you put your art out there i just did an art show on saturday and uh, i worked really really hard on the four pieces that i put into the show this year and um and i was really really happy with them like like really really happy with them particularly the one that i did of sonic and if you guys want to see them you go to my instagram uh which is at arkwolf a-r-k-w-l-f um i'll post them on twitter as well uh which is the same at arkwolf um and like i i was really proud of that work and uh really excited to put it up on the wall for this art show and uh which is part of a gaming convention it's all video game art and uh and i got so i did the 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 art for display i did on nine by nine in a nine by nine frame so it's decent size um sort of doing four of them it gets that can get a little bit pricey so nine by nine uh the the then i also did four by six cards right uh so basically like a small photo frame um, and I went to Ikea and I got a four by six, four picture frame and put the, put the cards in, into that, these, these little, uh, card prints. Um, and I, and got 20 of each printed thinking like, I'm going to sell these. I'm going to sell them for $10 for four, right? Thinking this, these are going to fly. These are going to fly. I'm going to have none left by the end of this show, by the end of this one day show, there's no way that I don't sell through these at $10. Like what a good deal. I'm so proud of this art. And I sat there all day and not a single person bought that art. They bought, I sold three out of the four of the nine by nines. Um, hmm. But I sold them at like basically cost to have them printed and put into the frames. Uh, so I didn't make any money off of them. And I didn't sell a single set of the prints, um, which you know, if you hit me up on Twitter if you want one. Uh, and that, like, I'll be perfectly honest, it hurts. 
it yeah. hurts to be really proud of something that you did to think like I nailed this, not even just nailed it. The Sonic the Hedgehog one that I did, I feel like I hit that one out of the park, like into the next city. I'm so happy with it. And to me, like, you know, like there's, that's its own reward as well. And one of, one of the main reasons that I make my art is, is because I have something in my head that I want to see. So I do it. Right. And that's a very George Lucas way of approaching it. But I also want other people to vibe with my stuff and then, you know, like to, to find that support and find that validation through other people. So sitting there all day at that table and nobody, buys a single set of prints the end of the day i was super bummed about that even though like we had an okay day i mean like i made all my money back it was it was a worthwhile endeavor it was fine but it was also i like that one failure overshadowed the rest of it that's what happens when you put yourself out there as an artist and you have to be willing yeah. to take that risk. And right. I can talk about it openly and honestly and say like, it hurts. It sucks. I really wish that I had sold um, a couple of sets of that, that it had connected with people a little bit more. And the, I'm known there, maybe there's some extenuating circumstances. It wasn't as busy of a show as I was hoping. And there weren't as many people by the table as I would have liked, but um, cause where we were positioned, but those are excuses and the people who did see them, a couple of people were like, Oh, that's cool. But nobody thought it was cool enough to buy a set for $10. Mm-hmm. Right. And like that, like, like I said, that's the risk that you run. So if you want to put your ideas out there, you want to make your art. That is, that is absolutely the gamble. So, um, I say, go for it. I, I'll even say if you are confident on the mic and uh, and you want to come on this here podcast, uh, go ahead, record your pitch. I'm gonna say let's keep them to let's keep them to ten minutes each. And anybody out there who's confident enough in your last Jedi remake pitch, you know, what? I'll open it up. I'm gonna open it up to the entire saga plus. I uh, I uh, solo movies. Wow, okay. Everything. Side projects. All all oh, nine, nice. ten, ten movies so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll open it up. If you think you've got a pitch for any of those and you can do it in ten minutes, I record that. Uh send it to us as either a, a wave file or an MP3. And if we get enough of those, I'll put them together and we'll put out a special episode of everybody's alternate takes. And mm-hmm. like, if there's enough, if, if there are people who want to do this, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll do my 10 minute pitch. I'll actually like, like sit down and properly write it out and do a proper pitch on my, uh, uh, redo of the prequels that doesn't, it would not change a single thing moving forward. It wouldn't change anything from the clone Wars series. It, but it would, I think it would fix everything. Um, and it's, it's if you think you've already heard it because I've talked about it before. There's a there's a there's a wrench in those works now, and that's that <laughs> Darth Maul is a worthwhile yeah. character now. <laughs> so yeah. when exactly. I had made those pitches initially, it was okay. You replace Darth Maul with Dooku, but now that has to change. So Darth Maul, Dooku, and Grievous all have to be there, but think i have a way of fixing that and uh and establishing that so that uh so that it makes a little bit more sense but 
like I said, I'm going to tease you guys with that and uh, and say, if you think you've got a, a good pitch, do it. Do it. Put it down. Uh, put yourself out there and uh, and and we'll we'll do an episode. I think that would be awesome, actually. I think that would be a really constructive oh. way for us to continue the dialogue of like, what do we like? What don't we like about Star Wars? What do you think a Star Wars movie is? And, and, you know, we can, we can put that out as an episode and as a community, we can come together and we can talk about that. And we say, I like this idea. I'm not so sure about that idea that I don't really like that idea at all. Here's what I would do differently. Um, that could be really fun. So do it, mail it to us. Rebels podcast at gmail.com. That's pretty interesting. I hope at least a couple of people take me up on that. I'd really like to put that out as an episode. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you mentioned the behind the scenes and I think that's what's yeah. so cool about seeing behind the scenes and watching that extra stuff and mm-hmm. just realizing how incredibly uh, daunting of a task it is to make a film and, and be a director and a writer. Yeah. And then it's just, and you have to round, it's just, it's just crazy. And I couldn't, I can't imagine. That's why, you know, I, I leave that stuff to the professionals. they, they know what they're doing. They know how to get through it. So, um, good point bringing up the special editions because yeah, it's just it's crazy watching. It's just man, the pressure and 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 double and 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 this is not just any movie. You know, you're talking about Star Wars movies, so uh, it's just it's pretty crazy. Um, I think one thing we can kind of jump off that. I think that we can talk about something that we do know is going to happen. That's yeah, definitely confirmed, and that is. Clone Wars 10th anniversary panel at San Diego Comic-Con. That was a uh, kind of hit the web today. Dave Filoni was talking about it. This is a uh, everybody's kind of jumping on this and talking about it. This is pretty uh, pretty cool stuff. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. You what, think uh, you 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 even uh, I think you tweeted out that you might think or you might um, you think we might see a uh, trailer for a resistance? resistance trailer? I do think that we will. I think that I think that what'll happen is uh, is Dave and the crew is going to sit down. They're going to talk about Clone Wars, um, and uh, they're going to talk about the, the the you know the process of making it, some of their favorite moments, and some of the cool things that they got to do. They'll, they will definitely touch on the fact that Darth Maul is in Solo, and that that happened because. Clone Wars happened and George brought Darth Maul back via Clone Wars and like that's such a cool thing that yeah. there will be topics like that they'll talk a lot about Ahsoka they will talk a lot about Rex they will talk hopefully a little bit about Hondo um, but I think that the panel will end everybody will be ready to leave and Dave Filoni will go you didn't think I was going to do a panel at, at <laughs> Comic-Con without bringing you Just guys a trailer right Yeah. yeah. and because uh, I mean like come on We've, I've, I have seen Dave enough in person to know that there's no way he does this panel without dropping something at the something, end. Something, yeah, yeah, um, it'll be some kind of, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, and I think that that's the perfect time to do it. I mean, we're we're talking about a couple weeks from now. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, July nineteenth, eleven forty-five a.m. to twelve forty-five p.m. In room 6BCF. So if any uh, uh, Rebel Cells fans are going to be there, uh, you know, uh, take a picture. Do something. Send it to us. Tweet it to us. We'll uh, we'll retweet that for sure. Um, and, uh, and you know, give us give us the scoops. Give us yeah, the scoops. Yeah, you know, it's, 
it would be nice to get some info too. Yeah, and 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 seeing as how there's kind of a lack of apparently Star Wars that's going to be at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, this is pretty cool because I tell you what, this is the Clone Wars. Um, I, this is kind of what got me. I wouldn't say got me back into Star Wars, but it definitely was at a a point where it just wasn't on your mind all the time. Yeah. And it kept Star Wars alive. Yes, it sure, certainly did. Yeah. And to have a 10 anniversary, I think that's a great idea just to to celebrate this show that kind of reignited um, personally, it reignited, uh, reignited my, um, you know, Star Wars, uh, I guess, faith, if you want to call it. You know, yeah. what I mean, it just it got me back into it. And, it. and and I tell you what, you know, George was obviously involved in it. Dave was his right hand man. And and. Uh, I just think it's a great idea to do this 10 anniversary. Hopefully it's just got some kind of um, not just maybe a thing with with the new stuff resistance. Maybe he's going to share some unseen stuff or who knows. It seems like they do that once in a while. too. Well, so and I, I still maintain that there's another project. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I, right, I, right. I, I and I think that this might be the point where we hear about it. Um, yeah, because I don't I don't know, because uh, Justin Ridge is directing resistance, mm-hmm. right? That's what we've heard so the far. Supervising director. Yeah. I think so. Right. And, and, um, and Dave Filoni is just an executive producer on and just an executive producer, but he's not, I, I, I don't think he's as hands-on with resistance as he was with clone wars and rebels. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I, maybe we'll get confirmation of that, but, uh, uh, yeah, more details would be great. I feel like this announcement coming out is going to be the beginning of us getting more more content um, coming from from Lucasfilm. I think that uh, I think that they wanted to give a nice uh, break from the end of Rebels and then allow Solo to do its thing. Um, and now it's time to start talking. I mean, like we're 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 due for an announcement. Of uh, Star Wars Rebels Season 4 on Blu-ray, as well as, my guess would be a complete series box set. Um, so, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I think I think the news is going to start coming pretty quick in the lead-up to Comic-Con or in the fallout from Comic-Con. So, we're talking about, like, a, a couple of weeks from now. Um, right. And uh, and I think that the, the, the silence coming out of Lucasfilm is going to is going to be lifted because we also know that there's another animation project in the works with the Lego star Wars guys. We talked a little bit about oh, that yeah. last week. So yeah. there is star Wars stuff coming. And the other big thing is that we, we, again, we mentioned this last week, star Wars detours. Uh, was it trademarked or did they register a URL? I don't remember. I think they I think registered a, a URL. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I th- I do think that Star Wars Detours is coming. I think that Star Wars Detours is coming for the streaming service. I think that's the most logical place to put that because um, mm-hmm. they need content to launch that platform. Um, yeah. And and we thought that Resistance would be that thing, but um, but yeah, I, I I think that there's actually in in this large gap between solo and episode nine i think that there's actually going to be a lot of content coming our way in the next little while um one of the other things that's coming soon that they uh that they started teasing is um this new uh 
uh, Thrawn book, Thrawn Alliances, and Comic-Con's mm-hmm. going to have an exclusive cover featuring Anakin uh, mm-hmm. from the Clone Wars, but uh, Hayden Christensen Anakin in the Clone Wars gear, uh, season yeah. one Clone Wars armor, which is really cool. It's a really great image. And then Thrawn sort of uh, all all kitted up looking like a super spy. So um, I'm actually actually kind of excited about this i never thought i'd say that but uh <laughs> but i do actually genuinely i mean like you tell me like oh they're gonna do a thrawn book oh, okay fine whatever they're gonna do a thrawn book uh yeah. and then you tell me like well it's gonna gonna take place i i but possibly with some clone wars content i mean like showing anakin on the cover like that it's uh i don't That's- know that that's very interesting to me now i'm interested now you have, yeah like the second that uh that that you uh that you bring it into the clone wars era you 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 get my attention uh mm-hmm. so yeah i i want to i want to kind of dig into this a little bit more and um i hate it when they put out the excerpts though because it's like i don't want to i don't want to read that right mm-hmm. like i just just give me some details because i want to read it within the story <laughs> but or i should yeah. say hear it within the audiobook but yeah. yeah. So Thrawn alliances. If you're gonna be at Comic Con, uh, I think they're like they're giving out an uh, an exclusive edition. They did this mm-hmm. with with a new dawn as well. Um, I, I with uh, the the Star Wars Rebels prequel book, New Dawn. So um, although it didn't, ha- I don't did that have an exclusive cover? I don't think. I mean, like I know I have it. I have that actual book. So it's it's got. Um, like a comic-con exclusive thing on it but um i don't think that it's a different cover from the actual release but anyways if you're going to be at comic-con i'd suggest picking that up if you're going to be at comic-con and you don't want a copy you can pick it up and send it to me that's that's fine (laughs) no i've got friends going to comic-con and i think i'll ask them to grab me one but um yeah i i I don't know, is there anything else in the news this week? I think no, that's it. Really. We're yeah. we're recording on Tuesday because I'm going away on vacation. So um, I apologize for us not having the uh, solo Blu-ray release dates in this episode. Um, go ahead and go to the Star Wars show on YouTube to watch that. And uh, this is just my prediction. I thought it was going <laughs> to happen last week, but last week was their 100th episode. So um, I, I'm fairly confident it's going to be this week i'll be very surprised if it's not um so uh by the time this episode goes out that episode of the star wars show should be available uh and i expect i expect to see some Mm. release dates for blu-ray uh and i expect that that. i expect that release date to be i'm gonna go with mid-september what do you think wow you're going that far out huh yeah i think so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, late August. You think August? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll see. I'm gonna go August. We'll see. Yeah, I'll go late August. You want so, You want You want to make it interesting? Let's put a yeah. Let's put let's a let's put a let's put a pizza on it. Sure. Okay. Sure. So the next time yeah. we're together, I uh, whoever wins this bet has to has yes. to buy a pizza. Basically, or whoever loses the bet has to buy a pizza. So exactly. it'll be at at. <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Let's do it this way. At Galaxy's Edge, it'd be a hundred dollar pizza. <laughs> one of us, we, whoever loses, has to buy the other one. I, I, 
dinner or a meal or whatever at, sure, at Galaxy's yeah. Edge at, in on Batu, Black yeah. Spire Outpost. Okay, I like it. Yeah, okay. for sure. Put a little bit. You guys gotta gotta track that for Virtual us. shake there. R- remind <laughs> us. Um, awesome. Uh, cool. We'll go. We'll go to the cantina and and whoever whoever loses oh, it'll be on that. Yes. Uh, like awesome. I okay. well, I guess that's everything. So let's get into let's get into our recaps. All right, let's do it. It's time for the Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition recap. Is it civilized? Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized. I'm enjoying this far too much. All right, here we go. Starting off the first part with Jedi Crash, directed by Rob Coleman and written by Katie Lucas. Uh, greed and fear of loss are the roots that lead to the tree of evil. High in the atmosphere of the planet Quell, a trio of Jedi cruisers is pelted by a concentrated blast from a cluster of separatist frigates. The occupants of the command ship bridge are shaken by the repeated attacks. A bridge officer reports to Ayla Secura that the shields are gone. Before long, the command ship is the only Republic vessel still maintaining altitude. Its flanking cruisers are ablaze and being tugged into the clouds uh, by gravity. Uh, you can continue, Mike, because I want to. We'll get to this uh, yeah. major thing. We'll talk about it. Go ahead. Uh, a cloud of airborne rocket droids spans the distance between separatist and Republic vessels in no time. The super, the flying super battle droids begin landing on Ayla's ship. Uh, ships Ayla's ships battered hull <laughs> that's a tough one Ayla orders her clone officer commander Bly to repel invaders republic reinforcements arrive the resolute commanded by general skywalker arrives at the site of battle and heavily armed gunships stream from its docking bays they streak towards Ayla's flagship the rocket droids spot the newcomers and some blast off to intercept uh, actually, I'm going to do one more. Uh, yeah, one droid it. lands atop uh, Anakin's gunship and begins to tear apart the cockpit canopy. Anakin orders Rex to save the pilot while he leaps out of the open door onto a rocket droid. Anakin rides out of the uh, rides the out-of-control droid down to Ayla's cruiser. Anakin lands his rocket droid in a hull breach and continues his fight aboard Ayla's ship, not missing a single step as he cuts down battle droids. The gunship slams into the hull breach uh, moments later, and its occupants, Ahsoka, Rex, and more clones from the 501st, spill onto the scorched uh, deck. So a lot of stuff going on here. Open up on uh, this major battle here. Mm -hmm. And the Outer Rim, the Outer Rim here, and they talk about this too in the the pre-roll here, that uh, the battles are, are taking its toll uh, on both sides, actually, not just one of them. I mean, it's it's really back and forth here, especially on the outer rim. Yeah. Uh, so we got Ayla Secura here. She's in this brutal fight with the uh, with the droid, uh, basically the droid army, and uh, some great shots here. Shots of the super battle droids as they're diving onto the Republic ship. Thought that was a cool look. Um, and Anakin and him jumping out of the gunship. Uh, he's just this dude's just yeah. crazy. You know, this is Anakin. He's just crazy. He did this in episode two. He just jumps out. Uh, <laughs> to which so Obi Wan, yeah, Obi Wan says, yeah. "I hate it when he does that," which means that he does it a so, lot. Yeah, exactly. Great point. I just, just you reminded me. That's this is like how many times he's done this. This is his thing. He likes to jump out of things and just make up stuff as he goes. Uh, just that was that was a cool scene. So uh, like he lands, he makes quick quick work of these droids. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it gets into him and what he does with his friends here in a second. But just this is crazy opening. Uh, any thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I mean, this opening is uh, absolutely the greatest uh, uh, effects spectacle of the yeah. series so far. Um, yeah, I mean, just like multiple uh, capital ships all ablaze and in the atmosphere and the, you know, separatist ships, the the Republic ships, so much mm-hmm. going on, the battle droids, there's just, it's... Uh, the, there's a great shot right near the beginning of the from behind the the gunship and then the gunship fires a missile and you follow the missile and it's very it reminds yeah. me a lot uh, yeah. both of these episodes have moments that remind me a lot of attack of the clones um, mm-hmm. that that end uh, war sequence from attack of the clones um, and I just think this is to me right in this episode, let's let's see what was what was the last episode. The last episode was um, I uh, what were we talking about the? Well, that was the the capture. Yeah, the, the captured and and yeah. Um, so like layer of grievous was starting to get there, and then this, and then last week's episodes, it's like okay, we're getting closer to what the Clone Wars is going to be, and then mm-hmm. I really think that it's these two episodes, these two back to back episodes. Um, that really cement it, and then they're followed up. I mean, next week we're going to talk about Trespass, and Trespass, yeah. everybody knows, is one of my favorite all-time episodes. Um, yeah. And I can't wait to revisit it and discuss it in depth like we have been. But, uh, yeah, this, is this to me is when they really figured out, like, oh, oh, this is what we're doing. This is what we're making. Um, and uh, and and from here on out, I think the rest of the season, with with the exception of a couple of moments, are uh, like the the rest of the season is pretty solid. It's really really yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that this this arc, these two episodes, really inform a lot of what season two and three end up being. Um, with that idea of sort of that dichotomy of like, here's some great action, sort of. Um, thrilling uh, adventure and and great uh, war battle sequences um, mixed with uh, here's a morality about what this war is doing to the galaxy. So how is this actually affecting the galaxy? And the Lerman are a really great example of that. So oh, yeah, yeah, I I think that uh, I really think that these ones set the tone for for what the series is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see like yeah, the, I, a lot of the humor is gone. The battle droids talk a lot less. They, they just like, this is at far enough into the production timeline that I think that they were going like, okay, I think I know like the good stuff that we've done, the bad stuff that we've done. Like, let's kind of more of the good, less of the bad yeah, sort of right. course correcting a little bit. Course correct. I was just going to say that kind of like they got, they found their footing. Like, yeah. okay, this is how it works. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I'll continue here. Ahsoka and Rex catch up to Anakin, and they in turn find Ayla and Bly. Anakin reports to Ayla that he's ordered a ship to dock in the lower hangar. The plummeting cruiser's belly hull uh, begins to glow from atmospheric friction. A Republic frigate matches speed and eases into the belly hold, extending the docking port. The Jedi arrive at the lower hold, extending the extending the gangway. Just then, a series of explosions tear through the corridors. Anakin alone spots the growing fireball. He uses the Force to push his fellow escapees into the gangway airlock. He then turns as the blast doors close on the explosion. The force of the blast slams him against the airlock. 
Ahsoka won't leave Anakin behind. She tries to open the blast door, but it will budge only enough for her to peer through and see him unconscious and gravely wounded. She uses her lightsaber to slice through the door. She pulls Anakin's body, but time is running out as the plummeting cruiser continues to convulse and shudder around them. They make their way into the frigate, onto the frigate, which drops from the cruiser's hull and rockets away toward the Resolute. As the frigate begins docking with the Resolute, bolts of droids fire at it. A hit shakes the cockpit, throwing the pilot forward into the controls, accidentally activating the hyperdrive. And, and you talked about um, Anakin and, and his uh, his use of the Force. Man, that was a great scene for me. Yeah. It, it, it so reminded me of, of Kanan and his sacrifice uh, at the end of Rebels. And this is kind of not obviously the same, but the same kind of type of stuff. You know, he, he sees his friends or, you know, his, there's Ahsoka and Ayla and the clones and and he uses his power. Man, is his power growing in this series. You know, we see it uh, since the beginning of this of this series and you kind yeah. of see it grow and grow. And here it is again. He's showing uh, how powerful he's getting. He doesn't necessarily break, you know, block at all. Obviously, he gets concussed from the uh, the blast, but um, just kind of loved him see, seeing him use that power. And I always love seeing the, the force used in this kind of way, how, how he's able to save his friends. So that was kind of a cool, uh, cool scene there. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Any, any thoughts before you go? No, no, you got it. Okay. Uh, the Resolute turns away from the frigate just as the smaller ship's hyperdrives engage, rocketing away from Quell at unimaginable speeds. Yularen orders the frigate's trajectories plotted. As the damaged frigate tunnels its way through hyperspace, Ahsoka will not leave Anakin's side as he lies in the ship's medical suite. Ayla arrives, ordering her and Commander Bly to the bridge. Ayla suggests to Ahsoka that her greatest help to Anakin would be getting the ship to safety. So this is uh, one of the things that I really like about this episode is that the pace is just so fast. Um, we yeah. don't oh, really get a moment to slow down. Like It starts in the middle of the battle, and it just keeps going until the end. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said that because I thought the same thing. I go, man, this this thing is just smoking along like yeah and and for just just to get a reference i paused it towards the end of all this action because i just wanted to see like how long has this been going and i it it timed out for me around nine minutes of of just total action like you were saying this beginning of this episode it was nine minutes in before we got a break before they you know they actually get to uh the planet so you're exactly right about the the pace of this thing man it was just smoking it was fantastic uh, Bly has grim news. The result of of the uh, overhasty jump has plotted the ship on a direct collision with the star. The crew returns to the bridge, desperately flipping switches to slow the ship down. Ayla orders a complete power down of the ship, but Ahsoka objects. Such a move would shut off Anakin's life support. Regardless, Ahsoka carries out Ayla's command. They cut power, and the frigate drops out of light speed. Its forward m- momentum still hurdles it towards the star. Ayla switches the power back on in time for the ship's drives to fire up, and it begins to turn away. Ahsoka slingshots the ship around the star, sending it hurling towards a nearby grass uh, planet. Uh, The ship plows into the planes, bursting into flames. The clones and the Jedi uh, blow the escape hatches and flee the burning wreckage. Ahsoka and Ayla carry Anakin's limp but living form. The twisted metal eventually burns itself out and the Republic castaways erect a makeshift shelter to tend to Anakin. His condition is worsening. He will need help that night if he's going to make it to the morning. Ahsoka suggests Ayla and Bly head to the south while she and Rex stay with Anakin. 
Ayla disagrees. The Jedi must work together, even if that means Ahsoka must leave Anakin behind. With difficulty, Ahsoka agrees. Captain Rex stays behind at the camp to watch over Anakin while the rest of the team leaves. You know, it's, it's funny, not funny, but I just noticed that, you know, Sakura and, and Ahsoka, they they obviously have to leave Anakin behind. They're going to go search for this thing, but it's hard for Ahsoka to to leave Anakin behind, um, yeah. showing her attachment. And they kind of get into this um, just in a few seconds here. They're going to start talking about, I think it's, it might be the next one. Are we at Bly's Curse Research? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Bly's cursory search of the surrounding area has uncovered a carved tablet with a crude illustration of a humanoid fending off a predator. There are intelligent inhabitants on this grassland planet. Using the tablet as their only clue, the Jedi head out to seek the giant trees depicted in the carving. Night falls, and the scouting party arrives at an enormous tree. Giant falling speed pods nearly crush them, but Ayla spots a path in the grass suggesting that an intelligent culture has found use for the pods and has dragged them away from the tree. The team continues along this new direction. And the thing I wanted to mention too, and it was just before here where I was talking about Ayla and Ahsoka talking, um, Sakura asked Ahsoka about her attachment to Anakin. And, and, and she even says, like she goes, I get confused sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Ahsoka, it's like, she recognizes it already. And, and this is kind of like, somewhat of the downfall of the Jedi in, in, in my kind of in my eyes, I guess, is just this attachment thing. They're so hung up on that. And, and sometimes I think, man, if they didn't worry about the attachment thing, how, how different things could have been. And I think that's one of the things that um, maybe Luke and the last Jedi kind of, or in the force awakens or whatever in this time frame, kind of, I don't know, maybe he disagrees with that or maybe he wanted to change that. Uh, I don't know. I guess we won't know really. Maybe in episode nine, they might tap into some things more about the force. But yeah. um, any thoughts on uh, like what she's saying here? She's like, man, what's she's feeling these thoughts of, of um, uh, you know, attachment. And she doesn't know quite how to deal with them. Yeah, I think it's a difficult discipline. And I think that it's it's, it's very yeah. core to the Jedi belief um, that, you know, you are a, a, a defender and, and compassionate um, but, uh, but ultimately you have to be willing to let things go. Yeah. I think that's part of that is, I don't know, like, I think that there's like a dogma to it that the Jedi are stuck in, in this mm -hmm. era that, um, that, that any attachment is, is a negative thing. But, but I do think that we see, I mean, and, uh, Obi-Wan displays attachment and, and, uh, uh, Yoda displays attachment and like they, they definitely, yeah, yeah, it's definitely. not, it's not a zero tolerance policy. I think that it's, it's, it's helpful until it's not. And I think that's the way that they kind of look at it. And, and, and I think it's important, um, to have the wisdom to discern when it's actually a problem. And I think that's what Ayla is kind of talking about to a certain degree. But Ayla is also, she's of that generation of Jedi that is definitely more dogmatic and less wise. Not that she is not a wise Jedi, but they're not as, they're more adventurous. They're more, they are more um, guardians than they are 
philosophers philosophers i think yoda is is meant to be seen as more of a philosopher i think that even mace windu is seen as more of a philosopher than he is as a warrior um Mm. but like ayla and obi-wan and kit fisto and uh certainly anakin that that group of jedi are much more warrior guardian um than they are uh, sort of like philosopher or ascetic, right? And mm-hmm. um, like Qui Gon was very much about the philosophy of the Jedi and the Living Force and that sort of thing, and 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 f- fighting was not necessarily his his forte. Um, but uh, but some of these other characters that 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 live through the Clone Wars, they definitely become a little bit more focused on the battle. Um, and the adventure and excitement, uh, than, than on the actual lessons of the force. And I think that that's where it starts to get dangerous and they start to fall into that dogma of like, well, we can't have any attachments. We can't do this. We can't do that. Um, these are the rules and it's very black and white. And I think anytime you get into that, you, you start to lose your way because it's not about it's not about making good choices. It's not about doing what's right. It's about following a, a set of rules. And I think mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that that's one of the things that leads to the downfall of the Jedi is this dogmatic yeah. oh, adherence yeah. to rules. You see it yeah. with Mace Windu. It's like, well, these are the rules and the rules are the rules. And if, if they had shown Anakin more compassion and spoken to him in a more transparent way, I think that they could have avoided a lot of the problems that occur. Um, And I like that, that to me is, is the biggest failing of the Jedi. And the reason why, I mean, like when Luke talks about like, it was a Jedi who, who allowed, who, who instructed, like who taught Darth Vader and, and then allowed him to destroy the Jedi. It's like, yeah, but I don't know. Like, like it, it's if they had been less Jedi like and more human, uh, more, more down to earth and a little bit more compassionate that could have been avoided. It wasn't, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at. It's an interesting yeah. thing to, to, yeah. to discuss. It's like where, do the Jedi go wrong, but where are they also right? Because I think that Obi-Wan looks at Anakin as like, well, here's this kid who was a slave and we brought him out of that. And you know, he's become this man and, and, uh, and, and there's real love and compassion there between those characters, but there's also detachment and there's also, um, distrust. And even between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan, and I think that Obi-Wan does his best, but, but I think even Obi-Wan doesn't, I think even Obi-Wan is afraid of what Anakin could become. And that Mm. to me is so interesting. As you talk about the last Jedi, that's exactly the trap that Luke falls into with, with Ben is like, he's afraid of what he could become, what Mm. he is becoming instead of, having the immediate i mean like like what's the what is the thing that luke should have done in that moment that he didn't do i mean he 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 follows that dark thought 
and ignites the lightsaber but what should he have done right mm-hmm. and what what's the what was the true path of the light side and what was the true path let's take the force out of it what was the true path for an uncle for a mentor and a teacher to take in that moment i think the true path in that moment is to embrace ben and say to him you've you're you're losing yourself and i don't want that to happen i care about you and i you know like i like you yeah you're i mean kind of like what padme says you're going down a path i can't follow and i don't want that to happen i want you to come back i want you to to realize that there are people that love you and care about you and you know maybe maybe that would have made the difference maybe it wouldn't have maybe ben still does what he does uh, or not does what he does, but maybe he still turns, right? But mm-hmm. maybe he turns, but he doesn't slaughter the rest of the Jedi, right? Like, like maybe that's the better outcome. And Luke in that moment thinks, I can stop this. And uh, uh, that's, like, that's detached. <laughs> so what's the right answer here? <laughs> right and i think that's the important part is that like like luke in that moment is detached from the the compassion and and the the emotion and the love and he Mm -hmm. comes back to it and says like what could i could i do like like leia trusted me with her son right um and here i am i'm gonna murder him in his sleep uh (laughs) and he comes back to that he can so attachment is clearly not the enemy but it no. is oh. dangerous just like detachment is dangerous anything in it in its extreme can be dangerous and needs to be taken with caution i think that's i think that's the lesson to learn i think that's the lesson yeah to learn. i think that's the one of the main problems that um maybe with with the old jedi and in, in coming into the age of the ot and stuff like that where yeah. this attachment thing it just didn't make sense and I mean, even Qui Gon, like you talk about Qui Gon. I mean, he he practically does everything he can to to get Anakin with him, and we know Obi Wan and him with Satine. And then, geez, look at Luke. He brings back Vader because he, yeah. he loves him, and he and he thinks he can. There's still good and good in him. So it's just man, attached a, to a, a father that a he never thing. even knew that cut his hand. Yeah, yeah. it's right? crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's really it, it, sometimes these little lines. You, it just opens his Pandora's box of man, you start thinking about it. But anyway, go ahead, Michael, continue. Yeah, where are we? I uh, meanwhile meanwhile the sound of animals stirring in the grasses uh, keeps Rex on alert. Anakin begins to awaken just as a mastiff Falone, a deadly turkey headed quadruped, lunges at Rex. The wicked animal pins Rex, but he manages to squeeze off a blaster shot that startles the monster and causes it to run away into the grasses. Ayla, uh, Bly, Ahsoka, and the rest of the team continue their trek through the tall grasses. Two Mastiff Falones lunge at them, bowling over the Jedi and tearing into the clones. Bly shoots one dead and the other scampers away, but the damage has been done. The clones, Cameron, Lucky, and Flash, are dead. The team, now half their previous size, keeps moving. Meanwhile, at camp, Rex continues his vigil. Uh, dawn breaks, Bly, Ahsoka, and Ayla discover a clearing with a village made of enormous seed pods. Lerman villagers, small, furried bipeds with huge, expressive eyes, warily watch the outliners as they approach. 
the, uh, the village elder, T.Y. Ka, greets them not with hospitality, but with suspicion. He asks to know their business. Ada responds that they are peacekeepers in need of medical help. T.Y. Ka brings lecturing, uh, begins lecturing that violence breeds violence. He doesn't believe the Jedi are peacekeepers, but instead those who perpetrate war, fear, and death. The Lerman colonized Mer, uh, Mer Meridian, this grassland world, in an attempt to escape the Clone Wars. So that's kind of what I got from this was, man, they, here comes the Jedi and the Lerman and Tan, Wee, uh, Tan Wat, he's like, or T. Watt, he is, uh, he has no love, uh, not necessarily, not for the Jedi, not for anybody. I mean, they just wanted to, they found this planet way in the outer rim. They just wanted to colonize it and live in peace and not have yeah. to worry about any wars or anything. And now here it comes, you know, everything, especially with this outer world stuff, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of species and, in villages and whatever and different planets in this outer rim that are trying to escape all this stuff but these uh these lermen are trying to do that and they're just like man we don't want any part of this so uh that's going to come around actually and, and he doesn't necessarily change throughout both of these episodes so um especially especially the father the um his son though definitely has a change of, yeah. of heart coming up go ahead man uh, where are we? The Jedi? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. The Jedi tried to appeal to his compassion, but Tiwat Ka is looking out for the best, looking out for the best for his people. Uh, with Ahsoka's heartfelt plea, Tiwat Ka agrees to send his son, Wag 2, a healer, to help Anakin. Two Mastiff Falones stalk the campsite, and Anakin can feel their approach. He cannot rest. He alerts Rex and the two draw weapons to defend themselves against the hungry creatures. Rex guns one down, but the other other charges, smashing apart the campsite. Anakin is tossed aside and collapses in the dirt. But before the Mastiff alone can turn to attack, it's suddenly circled by Wag 2, who trails a rope around the creature's legs. Ahsoka ignites her lightsaber, ready to strike the creature, but Wag 2 tells her to stop. Even now, in the face of such a dangerous beast, the Lerman are seeking a non-violent end. Ahsoka and Rex join Wag 2 in tugging at the rope, Tipping up the mastiff's, uh, tripping up the mastiff alone. Meanwhile, Bly tends to Anakin. Wag Two stabilizes his condition, and the clones prepare a gurney and carry the fallen Jedi back to the Lerman village. Wag Two applies rags drenched in healing oils from the uh, seed pods over Anakin, and he and he rests to recover. Anakin will recover, but the Jedi are still stranded on Meridan. So we jump right into Defenders of Peace, directed by Stuart Lee. Uh, and this is weird because this one's written by Bill Canterbury, so I'm not sure why Katie didn't actually do both episodes mm -hmm. um, since they're so closely related. It's just almost like part one and part two. But in any event, Captain Rex spots an H-shaped Trade Federation landing craft flying Confederacy colors. He radios Bly that the droid ship is heading their way. Bly reports to the Jedi. Inside one of the huts, Wadi 2 continues to administer aid to an alien Anakin Skywalker. While Ahsoka and Ayla watch. Upon hearing the news of an approaching droid military, Wag 2 remarks that Meridian is in neutral space. Anakin reminds him that it makes little difference to the Separatist. Anakin tries to get up, but he's just too injured uh, to move. So before Sakura, she's trying to explain why the Jedi are involved. And and is learning um, Wag 2, or no, it's uh, T. Um, T. Watka. T. Watt. He's just like, hey, I thought you guys were peacekeepers. Um, what are you doing involved in this in this war? So he's constantly bickering, and yeah. his his kind of you know pacifist ways um, 
just aren't jiving right and, and his son is starting to kind of kind of i don't know fall back on him a little bit just 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 a, just a tad here he's like wait a minute hold on so uh and, and like it says this lerman village this is neutral space or meridian uh, excuse me meridian is neutral space at this point so it, obviously they have no side either way so um this droid ship lands t obviously he's not too happy uh like i said the ultimate pacifist they would even die he says i think they even say this they would even die before fighting and oh, as anakin's just like hey you know what there's nothing we can do if that's what they want that's we're gonna have to agree to what they want so um any any thoughts mike before we continue yeah, no, I, I think that it's it's interesting the the question that T. Watt Cop poses uh, to the Jedi, which is kind of like that idea of like I thought you're supposed to be yeah peacekeepers and pacifists. Um, what are you doing fighting in this war? And and he's right. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely right. The Jedi yeah. have no business yeah. fighting a war. They shouldn't be involved in it. But the galaxy is in conflict, and they want to end that conflict. I think. Yeah. There's an interesting lesson there because obviously the Jedi being part of that war prolong the war. They make it um, – I think that they make it worse um, and that's exactly what Palpatine wants, right? Yeah. Um, as we go further into the Clone Wars, we learn that you know, like, like there are some planets that actually uh, feel that the Republic and the Jedi are – are in the wrong and that's because mm-hmm. the Jedi yeah. get involved and they shouldn't. Um, so I think, I think that there's a lesson to be learned there and I think it's, it's interesting. Like it's, it's kind of like when, when these, these trolls go on the internet and they start stirring stuff up and good people get in there and they start mixing it up. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw some lines here. Cause I, uh, I think it's important. I think if somebody is going to hurt another person, you step in and you do whatever you can to stop that from happening. I think that that's, that that's fine. I think if somebody is being an idiot or a jerk, you don't necessarily have to get in there and mix it up with them and tell them how much of a jerk they're being. I think that sometimes you can just, you just make things worse. You just conflict breeds conflict. Right. True. So I think like if a, if a genocide is occurring or somebody is threatening to, uh, to harm people, I think it's worthwhile to stand up for those people as the Jedi do later in this episode. I think that's absolutely in their purview as, uh, guardians of the living force. It is, it is, that's their jurisdiction. I think picking fights with the separatists across the galaxy for strategic reasons gets into not even the gray area, but is actually dabbling in the dark side. I think that that goes against the living force. Um, and I think that's where the Jedi trip up and start to lose themselves. And I think that when Yoda makes the comment, you know, so everything's clouded by the dark side. I think that a lot of people take that and go like, oh, so like the dark side makes it more difficult for them to use the force. Like because the dark side is growing in power. No, the dark side grows in power because the Jedi start turning away from the light. Mm -hmm. Right. And because they are not dark side force users, they don't like they add the more they tend towards the dark, the, the lesser their powers become. So their, their ability to sense what's right and what's wrong and, you know, that sort of thing, it becomes mm-hmm. obscured because they themselves are not at peace. And Yoda, right. like Yoda says in empire, it's like, you know, how, how, 
how am I to know the good side from the bad? And uh, like Luke says that and Yoda says, you, you'll know, you'll know when you're calm and you're at peace. Well, when you're out fighting a war, you're not at peace. So how are the Jedi to know the good side from the bad? How are they supposed to know that if they're out actively engaged in conflict? How is Obi-Wan supposed to recognize the dark side in in Anakin when Obi-Wan is out there and he's embroiled in conflict? Remember now that it's been retconned and, and now that the full story is out there, months before the events of Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan watches Darth Maul and Pre Vizsla slaughter mm-hmm. his, the love of his life, right? Yeah. It's, like, yeah. they, they kill Satine right in front of him. Obi-Wan is full of conflict. How is he supposed to see that Anakin is full of conflict when he can't sense it in himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is the danger. This is the greatest weapon that Sidious levels against the Jedi. He makes them engage in a conflict they have no business being a part of in order to defend the, the, the thing that they love. And by getting embroiled in that conflict, they become the thing that they hate. It's... it. I'm just going to go ahead and say I we're going to uh, invoke the 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 name of the prequel defense force. Those movies are good. Those movies are good. <laughs> There's <laughs> they're poorly executed at times. They have flaws, but the story that George Lucas crafts with Darth Sidious, Obi-Wan and Anakin is a great story, a phenomenal story, the one of the best stories in the star wars saga now is it informed very heavily by the clone wars yes and the clone wars makes it so much better but Mm. you know like there's there's good stuff there there's good there's good bones on those movies they just you know there's a little bit of the the other stuff that's a problem you know pacing and heavy reliance (laughs) on special effects and etc etc but you know like i I get I get tinglys I get the chills when we're talking about the prequels in this way and we you know start peeling back these layers and it's like okay well you know like what's going on with these characters and it's like you're talking about a uh, uh, an order of warrior monks suffering from post traumatic stress mm-hmm. <laughs> from fighting a war for five years that. Mm-hmm no one seems to be winning or losing at any given time. And the only reason they do win is because Palpatine allows them to win when the time is right. Once the Republic is everywhere across the galaxy and the separatists are everywhere and they have footholds on every planet, sorry, excuse me. Then he strikes Right. And, you know, it's really, it's when the Jedi fall into his trap and they attack him that it's at that point that he's able to say, go for it. Execute Order yeah. 66. 66, yeah. Anakin has turned. The last piece of my plan is in place. Do it. Now Darth Vader is going to gonna finish the job, right? Like, it's it's, the prequels are good. 
the prequels are good. They have a lot of problems, sure. many, many yeah. flaws, but the prequels ultimately tell a great story worth telling. And, uh, and the continuation of that story in the last Jedi. And I, it, I don't care what else you have a problem with in the last Jedi. That movie is validated in the moment that Luke Skywalker brings up Darth Sidious, talks about Obi-Wan and mm-hmm. Anakin falling to the dark side yeah. and all yeah. of that. It's like, okay, th- there it is. That's, it justifies the entire story for me. It justifies everything that Luke says, everything that Luke believes. When he learns exactly what happens and then he experiences it for himself in that hut with with uh, with Kylo, with Ben, uh, and that moment when Ben turns, I mean, like, that is – that's Star Wars for me. It's right there. It's all right there. I love it. So, I don't know. You'll yeah. never – no one will ever convince me otherwise. They can try <laughs> But we can have a conversation about it. But you I'm will telling try. You, yeah, I'm no. telling you, you'll never convince me otherwise. I like that that through line, that thread that connects the original trilogy to the sequels to the prequels. It just like that's the juicy, juicy stuff I'm looking for right there. Yeah. Um, but let's get let's get back to this recap. Okay. <laughs> I could yeah, go on go forever and ever and ever. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, outside, the landing craft touches down in the grassland clearing. The Lerman gawk at the huge vessel. Their chieftain, Tiwatka, reproaches the Jedi for bringing yet more menace to their village. Wag 2 defends the Jedi. The Separatists do not know they are here. Nonetheless, the Jedi must remain hidden. Tiwatka insists that they leave since their presence is endangering the village. Now, here's something. Or here's a place where I'm going to disagree with Tiwatka because we know how the Force works. The mm-hmm. Jedi end up there purely by accident. We know the the hyperdrive gets engaged right. before they plot a course. The fact that they survive it to begin with, narrowly obviously, but the fact that they survive it to begin with and crash land on this planet moments before, I mean hours before the Separatists arrive with a defoliator, that's the will of the Force. That's the same as the hyperdrive getting knocked out and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and the crew landing on Tatooine and discovering Anakin Skywalker. That's the will of the Force, 100%. The Force put these Jedi here to defend the Lerman. And, And... Later in the episode, when Tiwat Ka says, "If that's if it's our fate to if it's our destiny to be destroyed, then so be it." It's like, yeah, but it isn't. It's your destiny to be saved by the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll continue. If the Lerman want to remain neutral, it is not the place of the Jedi to force them into war. Tiwat Ka tasks his son to see that to see to it that the Jedi depart while he goes to meet with their new visitors. The Jedi and clones sneak out of the village. Emerging from the landing craft is a fat Nemodian officer, General Lockdurd. He announces to Tiwaka that the village is now under the protection of the Separatist Alliance. Paying the Lerman leader no heed, Durd and his troops march ahead into the village. Durd isn't terribly impressed. He orders his simple-minded battle droids to ransack this dung heap. The battle droids begin terrorizing the Lerman, who scatter and roll away. Wag 2 can't understand where the droids would target them. But Ahsoka states starkly that all these droids know. The Jedi are helpless. If they make their presence known, the droids will only escalate their rampage and wipe out the entire village. With Anakin carried by Bly and Rex, they limp their way into the tall grass. So we get uh, our introduction to 
Black Dirt, uh, played by George Takai, crossing over to the Star Wars franchise. Yep. Uh, Lark Dirt is the largest pneumonia I think I've ever seen. A big dude here. Um, like most of them, he's he's obviously unpleasant. Uh, and he's so stinking condescending, right? And the difference between the Separatists and, like you were just saying, with the Jedi being in the, in the will of the Force, the, the Separatists, they just come to take over. And they're mm. not only to take over, but they, they, like it says here, they ransack it as well. So they didn't come to like, oh, hi, you think you want to? No, they just come to steal this thing. And yeah. it's starting to sink in uh, to uh, to Tiwat. Uh oh, you know what? What did I get into here? So, uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Yeah, uh, the battle droids report no evidence of Republic weapons or contraband to General Dirt. Content, the fat general warns Tiwat Ka that in the future his troops may perform periodic searches to maintain security. The droids leave the village. Wag 2 confronts his father over his actions. Tiwat Ka. This, this says Tiwat Ki now. But uh, Tiwat Ka uh, insists he has maintained the peace, but Wag 2 realizes the Separatists will be back and the Jedi are in danger. I just want to take a moment to, to mention that people who think that. Um, there's no politics in the storytelling of Star Wars. They haven't paid attention because this episode very specifically oh, yeah. gets yeah. into, and you think about the, the time period when this was written, um, this very specifically talks about post 9-11 True. ideologies of like, oh, you know, we're going to perform periodic searches to maintain security and uh tiwat cause response is oh because we're such a threat right mm-hmm. and it's like that it's the um it's the extremes to which you know the the tsa stop and frisk and stuff like that it is so right. prevalent now and it's not just the, the united states it's it's the uk it happens in canada as well um it's uh, australia like there, there are a lot of countries that have really taken this extreme security, uh, uh, sort of attitude, um, of like, you know, like, uh, well, well, you know, we're going to invade privacy or even, um, subjugate people in the, in the interest of security. So I think that, that like, it's very clear what the inspiration is for that, that exchange and for that conversation. Um, obviously the, 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 the separatists are an extreme version of that, but the point is illustrated nonetheless that, Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think the idea being that when you put you, when, when you instill that kind of power in, in a system, there will always be people to take advantage of that power. Um, mm-hmm. And to 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 corrupt it and turn it away from security and into persecution, and uh, you know, I, like like I said, like you know, if you think that there's no politics in Star Wars, you're not paying attention. But, yeah. uh, I'll continue here. Uh, within the tall grasses, Rex puzzles over the villagers' uh, unwillingness to fight, attributing it to a lack of pride. Ahsoka believes it to be a lack of courage. Ayla offers a different point of view. Sometimes it takes courage to stick to one's beliefs. Anakin cuts to the matter at hand. The Jedi need a ship, and he is considering stealing one from the Separatists. I like that early in this series, Rex is very um, naive. 
Uh, mm-hmm. His understanding of the world is only of the galaxy, I should say, is only as much as the uh, the Kaminoans uh, imparted into right. him. And um, and that view is very specific and very narrow. And it's the exposure to the Jedi that changes some of these clones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I think that's really interesting is that like Rex has as much to learn here as teenage Ahsoka does. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Suddenly Ahsoka spots a Separatist probe droid lurking in the grass. Bly and Rex open fire while Bly jams the droid's comlink. The little spy darts away, and the Jedi and clones give chase, except for Anakin, who is too injured to move quickly. It is Ayla who cuts off the droid and cleaves it in two. Their chase has taken them to the base of an enormous tree. Ayla recommends they climb up uh, up it to get a better vantage point of the land. There, Anakin spots a fortified Separatist outpost built around the landing craft complete with the battle droid infantry and heavy droid gunners. In the shadow of the landing craft, Anakin spots an Emoian shuttle, but getting it won't be easy. Uh, separatist ATTs hover from the lander uh, and, and out the gate, accompanied by a peculiar tank with a specialized weapon. The Jedi and the clones watch through their electro-binoculars as the Aqualish aid oversees a team of four battle droids hauling a heavy artillery shell. Rex and Bly head to the ground to get a closer look. It's a new Separatist weapon being tested by Lock Durd. The artillery shell is a defoliator capsule, a weapon of Durd's own design that can destroy organic matter but leave machinery unharmed. So we got a new Separatist weapon actually yeah. designed by Durd, and this de- the defoliator, like it says, it destroys organic matter. Um, and they're doing a test for Count Dooku here, and uh, it's well. Actually, to uh, continue here, Dirt is pleased with the successful test of his new weapon, but Count Dooku demands further evidence. Dirt reveals that he chose Meridan because he knew of the Lerman population. He will target them. Dirt mobilizes the troops. Anakin begins planning. First, they'll target and destroy the droid's communication station. Then they'll secure the shuttle and return to help the Lerman. Ahsoka doesn't think Tiwat Ka will accept the Jedi's help, but Anakin will not stand idly by while the Lerman are exterminated. So, like I was saying, you know, they do this test in front of Count Dooku, and he's like, yeah, okay, that looks pretty good. Let's see how it does against, because they just do it against the droids. There's just organic yeah. metal. They haven't done it against anybody else. So, um, But Durg's plan is to use this weapon as a testing ground, and the Lerman are actually the testees, or whatever you want to call it, uh, they're the ones that are going to be in this test. Uh, so, man, this is this is going bad here. And I just say one thing: it was yeah. it was actually a cool scene with Sakura, uh, Ayla, as she's um, you know, she swings down, she cuts his vine, she yeah. swings down, swoops on, catches Bly. I thought that was kind of cool. Some cool action in this thing too. Totally. Uh, go ahead, Mike. <clears throat> Nightfall. A full moon lights the darkened sky. The Jedi hide in the tall grass surrounding the Separatist ba- base. Ayla and Ahsoka sneak past the spotlights. Anakin, meanwhile, uses the Force to distract one of the perimeter droid guard droids by telekinetically drawing a rock away towards the grasses. The simple-minded droid is drawn into the grass where he is cut down by Skywalker. Ahsoka and Ayla scale the wall and infiltrate the base while Anakin and the clones continue to dispose of perimeter droids. Over the wall, Ayla and Ahsoka split up. Sakura handles the droids while the Padawan opens the main door letting Skywalker and the clones in where they proceed to quietly destroy more droids. 
Back at the Lerman village, Wag 2 passes on news from a scout that the Separatists are on the march. Tiwaka says there's no reason to believe the Separatists will attack. Wag 2 cannot abide by his father's passivity, but Tiwaka's principles are unyielding. Their passivism has helped the society of Lerman survive for generations. At the Separatist outpost, the Jedi make short work of the last of the droids. Anakin heads towards the shuttle and tells Blind Rex to take along some shield generators. The shuttle lifts off and heads towards the Lerman village as day starts to break. Anakin's plan is half the team will fortify the village while the other half will evacuate uh, the Lerman. Uh, The Lerman cautiously watch the shuttle set down, but it's the Jedi that emerge, not battle droids. Ayla warns Tiwatka and the villagers that the Separatists will be here in moments, but Tiwatka remains unyielding. He says if it's the Lerman's destiny to be destroyed in the Jedi's war, so be it. The Jedi create a barrier of seed pods along the perimeter of the village. Atop one of the barrier pods, Rex spots the approaching droids just minutes away. The Jedi and clones begin activating the shield generators. So there was that comment you made, Mike, about the, yeah. the destiny. And, uh, but I, I, I kind of, um, I think you said this as far as the Jedi are concerned. Like, yeah, they're peacekeepers, but like you said, if someone's life is in danger, um, then they're gonna they're gonna fight back. You know, yeah. they're they're what's their mantra? You know, knowledge and defense never for attack. But you know, when they're saving lives and stuff like that, then then it's appropriate. And I mean, that's why they carry lightsabers, right? Um, sometimes they do have to go on the offensive to to help people. The separatists um, fire a defoliator shell. It impacts not far from the village and begins sending its destructive shockwave forward. The Jedi erect their shields in time, and the defoliator wave just washes against it. The Lerman village stands intact amid a now barren field. Dirt orders his battle droids to charge. The Jedi and clones emerge from underneath the shield to meet them. Ahsoka, Ayla, and Anakin charge into the thick of charge into the thick of oncoming droids, uh, slicing their way through the ranks. With so many droids, some of them slip past the Jedi. Anakin orders Ahsoka back to the village to defend the Lerman while he goes to target the defoliator. So yeah, that's that's the moment I was talking about that that really reminds me a lot of Attack of the Clones is that mm. that great yeah. shot that sort of profile of the two sides coming together. It's very very yeah. similar. Um, yeah. Good cool. Uh, Wag Two assembles a group of like-minded Lerman who gather farming implements to use as weapons. Tiwatka tries to stop him, but Wag Two has had enough of his father's bullying. The chieftain watches sadly as the younger Lerman take up arms and charge into battle. Anakin charges the tank, carrying the defoliator cannon, slices through it with his lightsaber, destroying the weapon. Dirt panics. He scrambles away from this tank and runs as fast as his fat legs can carry him, <laughs> which isn't all too fast. Anakin uses the force to lift him off the ground. Anakin reports to Rex that the weapon has been disabled. Uh, I'll finish it out here. Wag 2 and his fellow villagers use their ropes to tie up battle droids, which Ahsoka then beheads. The last of the droids are destroyed. Wag 2 offers the Jedi thanks, and even Tiwa Kopp begrudgingly seconds the appreciation, but he can't help wonder at what cost this all came. Three Jedi cruisers arrive, uh, or three Jedi cruisers then appear in the sky. Admiral Yularen has found the stranded Je- Jedi. So the heroes, uh, they defeated uh, the Vedi Separatists. Everything's good. They saved the village with the help of Wag 2, the son, and and some of the younger, younger villagers. But Tiwa Ka, he's, uh, he can't help but wonder at 
what cost. So man, he is still that he that pacifist way he has. Um, he's still wondering, you know, what cost is this? You know, are we now entrenched uh, in this war? Even though we're in the outer room, we thought we were safe. Um, are we? How much are we in this now? So, um, pretty good stuff, like you said, Mike. I mean, these both these episodes, um, especially that beginning. That, like I said, that first nine minutes, with total action. Um, some good stuff from Anakin. I like how he's Anakin is on beast mode toward the end here. He, at one point, he uses the Force to hold up a droid, and then he pulls it towards him as he slices through it. Yeah. Just like, ah, yeah, that's that's the Anakin that I love right there, man. Good, good, powerful stuff. So, uh, yeah, good episodes, man. Any any final thoughts? Yeah, like I said, I think that this sort of is where the tone of the series starts to to get nailed down. Um, yeah. And I really enjoy it. I I thought that they were both really good episodes. Um, had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So next week, man, it's uh, this is it right here. This is this has always been. Through all these seasons, of Clone, <laughs> yes. it's always been one of your favorites. We're going to get yep. to it. Looking forward to this next week. Trespass while investigating the disappearance of a clone security force. Anakin and Obi Wan get caught in the middle of an escalating conflict between the furry territorial inhabitants of a desolate ice world and the greedy represent, uh, representatives of a nearby moon. So um, yeah, looking forward to getting to this. Uh, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen this. So good stuff. Not so long since I've seen it because I I tend to watch this episode every yeah, okay. Time, but, um, yeah, <laughs> a little while. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about Trespass next week. Uh, like you said, one of my favorite episodes. So looking forward to that very much. Yeah. So, um, but uh, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, of course, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to Rebels Podcast. Dot com. Sorry, no. Well, you can go to rebelspodcast.com. It'll yeah. just redirect you. But uh, rebelcells.com. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Matt is at the crankster. That is crankster with a K. And you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you want to support us, you can do that two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Uh, you can get a t-shirt, you get maybe a cell phone case, you get all sorts of really cool stuff, stickers. Um, the other way is to head to patreon.com slash thunderquack, kick in your monthly pledge, and support us that way. We appreciate everybody who does that. It helps cover the costs of running a podcast network, which uh, which are not insignificant let's say um and in return you'll get some cool rewards like the exclusive thunderquack podcast as well as other great stuff like access to the thunderquack facebook group on uh that is just for patreon supporters and at higher levels you can get other cool stuff like mp3s of our spoiler casts um from youtube as well as some other cool goodies um patreon.com slash thunderquack if you want to support us that way store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch uh that's it for this week's episode thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one